Welcome to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour with Dennis McCork, founder of God Hope Ministries. Kingdom Talk is where Christ is King, and we are the subjects and citizens of the Kingdom of God. Yes, welcome once again to Kingdom Talk Radio right here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. We're a voice in the wilderness, and we're talking all things Kingdom every Saturday from 12 to 1. You can also join us on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and your Apple podcast. We're going to be looking at the scriptures today here on Kingdom Talk, as we always do. We're not going to shy away from preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. We have a very special guest here on Kingdom Talk today, Pastor Jimmy Foote, right here from Fresno. We're so glad you're in the studio and you're joining Kingdom Talk, my brother. Thank you, Dennis. I'm excited to be here. Hello, everybody. Yes, you know, Jimmy, it's been a joy to get to know you just in the last few months and to hear your heart and to get to uh, learn about what God's doing in and through you and through your ministry uh, at your church and uh, beyond. You know, you're uh, a seasoned minister here in Fresno. You've been uh, facilitating unity by the leading of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God. And uh, it's important that uh, we talk and we inspire one another and others that are listening with regards to what God is doing in, in, in the kingdom and bringing about unity and reconciliation. You know, the call that's upon our lives is to love one another mm. and to be aware of Jesus's last prayer, you know, the high priestly prayer. Mm. And we can spend a lot of time talking about that. But the key to what our nation needs mm. is in the church. That's my belief. But a divided church can't protect the unity of the United States, which is the greatest blessing that Mm. we have as a nation. Mm. And it's up to us, the church, to demonstrate unity to uh, for the world to see who Jesus is. Jesus and his body is not divided. So I hope to, you know, dive into some of those concepts. Uh, And I have personally dove into them um, throughout my ministry career, and maybe even before that, uh, just believing that we're better together, but around Jesus, we're perfected together. And uh, I'm very excited about sharing these things. Oh, my brother, you know, I still believe in the church. Amen. I believe in the storefront church. Yes. I believe in the mega church. The I believe mega in the church, yeah. I believe in the church of Jesus Christ, that mm-hmm. it's the juggernaut, it's the unstoppable move of God yes. on planet Earth. Yes. And and she is uh, God's agent to yes. bring salvation. It's through yes. the church of Jesus Christ. I think it was Chris Sostom that said, um, outside of the church, there's there's no salvation. Well, you, However you interpret that, I do think there's something there. We must be connected to the local body. We must be gathering together the more often as we see the day approaching. And speaking of the church, again, you've been ministering here in Fresno for many years. Uh, tell us a little bit about your church and your ministry, where it's located, what your service times are, how to reach you. We're called Breaking Free Revival Center, and we are a, um, I guess I would say interdenominational, because at the core of our church is the belief that we are part of the body of Christ. And uh, Bible-based Christian, we're not a uh, cult. (laughs) (laughs) We're about 15 years old now, and um, uh, we're on Millbrook, uh, just north of Shields Avenue between Shields and Dakota, and we are right next to what was known as Millbrook Presbyterian Church. Mm. And the church we occupy now, the building we occupy now, once belonged to the Latter-day Saints. It was built by them in the 50s. We got it um, 
with the help of a leasing agent um, who was such a great friend of our ministry. Anyway, he said, I have this place in mind for you. So he bought it and it was all studs, you know, and we've, we repaired it and it's a beautiful edifice. It uh, is. And I've been there. Yeah. It's uh, God has really blessed us, but even more, the people who come, we have a multicultural, if you will, uh, denomination or uh, congregation. And we just worship God in spirit and truth. That's the goal. Brother. And uh, we just uh, enjoy the Lord. We see a lot of people come. We have a great food ministry. We feed. We've been feeding the community for 14 years. My wife runs that. My wife, Lana, uh, and I co-founded the church. So we call her, I call her Pastor Lana. That raises hackles in some, but she helps me pastor the church. So I give her that title. And... Um, hmm. And she's just wonderful. So we are so blessed. I, I tell you, Brother Dennis, we are so blessed to be part of a body of Christ at this particular time where all throughout our nation, it's so clear who the salt and light is and the darkness is this impending and growing gloom we see over our nation and our community. You know, we've been hearing stories as recently as today about darkness rising up in our city, yet the body of Christ is is galvanized to stand against the darkness. Brother, I mean, and it's a powerful haven, thing. The Sunday gathering, but during the week too, you know, Wednesday night, whatever, Tuesday night Bibles, yeah. but the gathering of the saints is the harbor of heaven. Oh boy, I it's love that. It's a sanctuary. It's, yes. a, it's a place of peace and wholesomeness Yes, that we need. I need it. Yes. When, when I gather, you know, I, I need that. I feel secure. I remember as a young man being a brand new believer, we've been talking about growing up in Christ on Kingdom Talk and going from the milk to the meat of God's word mm-hmm. and out of Hebrews, you know, the yeah. meat being the Melchizedek priesthood of Jesus, his one-time sacrifice yes. versus the old order, the Aaronic priesthood and how Jesus priesthood is forever yes. in contradistinction to the old and how that we're called to eat the meat you know, the time when you ought to be teachers, you have one to teach you again, which would be the first principles of the doctrine of Christ and such a need of milk and not meat. Yes. But yes. strong meat belongs to those who have grown up, right? So so just uh, that, that awareness of, of, um, of, of needing to gather together the more often, and it's in that place of uh, the church, the ecclesia, the called-out assembly, uh, that, mm. that as a young man I found peace and a sense of security, especially when... The, the, the men of God, the ministers of God were there and we had like a convention and we had, you know, leaders from around the nation. They come together and they'd be they all together there. It's just this sense of like, wow, God is here. We have direction. We have sons of Issachar that yes. understand the times to, to know what Israel ought to do. You know, when I was uh, when I was a child, I was raised in the Wisconsin Senate Lutheran uh, denomination. Very conservative high value, or they value the scripture so highly. Was it the Missouri Synod? It was the Wisconsin Synod. Oh, okay, very yeah. similar, though. It's very similar. Okay. In fact, in high school, they were our rivals, Milwaukee Lutheran and Wisconsin Lutheran High. <laughs> um, but, um, and I say that that denomination advisedly because there are other Lutherans who are quite liberal nowadays. Well, we heard but, about one in town. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I, we're not part of that group. I know that much. <laughs> but <laughs> Guarantee you, brothers and sisters. Yes. But I was raised um, in the scripture. So I went to um, a Christian school from first grade through 12th grade, my senior year. 
and I had Bible study every day. So I learned the Old Testament, the New Testament, the creeds, the catechism, all that stuff, um, all of my formative years. That's when, after that, I went to a secular school. But here's my point. I had, I was steeped in scripture. When I returned to the Lord later, uh, my twenties and I joined a mega church, you mentioned that mm-hmm. I joined a mega church, uh, the most popular and the biggest mega church at that time in the Bay area, San Francisco Bay area. And it wasn't long before I realized that there were many Christians there who had loved and served God for years in many cases, but they didn't have a depth of understanding of the scriptures. That's the key thing. God has given us his son, who is the living word of God. Mm -hmm. And we have this logos, the written word that reveals the rhema and the reality of Christ. That's right. The now word. That's right. And if we don't embrace the understanding of that word, we are shallow in our faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And this is the problem I've seen in all of my ministerial years uh, and prior to that is that there's a lack of understanding, a lack of devotion to the word of God. My goodness, brother. By any chance, was that Dick Burnell's church? Yes, it was. Oh, my God. Jubilee. (laughs) I did not know that till now. I know the church. I I love Dick. That's where I met my wife. I was part of Ron Canoli's worship team. I played drums with him. I visited uh, there over the years, but yeah. uh, my goodness, that's amazing to know. But, you know, in in a future broadcast, you know, we're going to be talking about unity today, about yes. racial reconciliation, but gender reconciliation. Yes. You yes. Know, geo, you know, or, or socioeconomic reconciliation mm-hmm. and the radical unity that we have in Christ today. But for another time, worshiping in spirit and truth, mm-hmm. I just sense the Holy Spirit all over that for a discussion yes, and, and oh, what yes. that means. What does that mean to worship in spirit and truth in relationship to the expression of the church before the Lord Jesus Christ? A lot of times we look at worship, how, what do I want? But it's about what does the Lord want? It says in Acts yes. 13 that they ministered to the Lord. Yes. Liturgio is the word there, liturgy, but it's it's not a liturgy like, like, like high church, but it's a liturgy of worship to the Lord. That's a subject in the future. But for today, we're going to be talking all things kingdom. We are going to be bringing the gospel of the kingdom. We'll be looking at the word of God with regards to how that gospel of the kingdom brings about unity and reconciliation. And, you know, you, you mentioned our Lord's high priestly prayer in John 17. You know, a man's last words are very important. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the last things that are said, in fact, you know, that'll preach. I've preached that sermon. I've heard others preach it. That's a powerful concept. Yes. And so yeah. we should be focusing in on on truly our Lord's Prayer. Yes. That yes. is the Lord's That's Prayer. That's the Lord's Prayer. The other one is the Disciples' Prayer, if you exactly. will. Exactly. Or you the know, outline for a prayer. But yeah, yes. You know, and, and, and he says, uh, uh, Jesus said, neither do I pray for these alone, but for those who shall believe on me through their word. That's you and I. He's praying yes. for us, isn't he? That's right. That That's they right. may be one as you are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us. So the world would know. The world would know that you sent me. Come on. That's, a, they, that's an witness. That's. That's the key right there. See, the, and this is one of the things that you discover as you grow, is the first thing that unbelievers or the rebellious grab a hold of when they are confronted with the gospel, with the truth of Jesus. They look at the church and they, they, they note its division, mm-hmm. this, the racism, the separation, mm. the infighting. 
the world loves that stuff Brother. because it affirms their rejection of the God we yeah. serve. And this is the thing. When they see us, Jesus says, look, when they see you in unity and see it's not, here's the issue. If we all look alike, it's easy to see why they're unified. Oh, they're all in my denomination. They were all Lutherans. The Lutherans were largely German. Yeah. And so if they all, they all a friend of mine said, boy, they all look alike, all these Germans. But I was I didn't look look like them. Mm-hmm. And so the proof of Christ's presence and of who Jesus was, was the fact that these mainly Lutheran, uh, mainly German Lutherans and uh, Norwegian, Swedish, some of that. But these white folks, mm-hmm. they started a church in the inner city of Milwaukee with predominantly black mm. And when people looked at our church, they'd see a white pastor who was maybe second-generation German or something like that, Mm -hmm. and they'd see all these black people, but we were all praising and worshiping God. Who gets the glory for that? Come on. You know, Jesus There are some great Lutheran churches, let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. Biblical churches, no question about it. Uh, And and to to see that demonstrated, that unity, you know, um, he goes on in that prayer and he says, Lord, that, that they would be one as you and I are one, uh, that they may be, may be made perfect in unity. Right. So it's that completeness in the unity because of the diversity when we come together and we see the radical racial, socioeconomic, gender reconciliation in Christ. And, uh, you know, I think of uh, these uh, verses like, you know, we read in Colossians and Ephesians, you know, Galatians, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's right. neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And I think of, you know, when the church at Colossae got that letter from the Apostle Paul, and they were gathering there, and they were in the building there, and they were worshiping, they read that letter. And they walked outside, and the door was open, and people were walking by, and they look in there, and they go, oh my gosh, you have master and slave hugging one another. Yes. Look yes. over there. Oh my goodness. Men and women are being taught together in the same room yes. together. Oh gosh, look at this. You know, uh, you see these, 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 uh, Greeks and Jews, they're sitting at the table and yes. eating. This was radical. It was radical. You know, I've just popped in my mind. This seems kind of weird, but, but think about this. What's America's, one of its biggest religions, football, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. What is the, wow. yeah. when, when you watch a football game or football movie, what does it show? It's, it shows these different guys. Brother. There's the black guy. There's the short guy. There's the fat guy. There's the country guy. There's the Hollywood guy. A Democrat. A Republican. A Republican. They're all working for one goal. That's why that's a great sport because it accepts this diversity of men mm-hmm. to play this game. Yeah. And the more they bond together, the more successful they are. And that's a picture of the body of Christ. Very good. You know, the Bible says it's what every joint supplies to the whole. That's the perfecting of us because there's something when we rub up against each other, mm. there's something that's in you that's drawn out by me. Iron sharpening iron. Yes. Something released in you. Uh, your gifting your raison d'etre, your reason to be, yeah. all those things, yeah. that's what happens when the body of Christ comes together. 
This is why it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You don't really know who you are in Christ until you're rubbing up against other believers and they're drawing whatever it is that God has instilled in you out of you, which is glorifying to him and edifying for the body of Christ. You know, uh, the scriptures say two are better than one. For if one fall, the other shall lift up his fellow. Woe to him that is alone when he falls. He has no one to lift him up. If two lie together, they shall have heat. How shall one be made warm alone? Yes. Uh, A a, a, a twofold cord, a threefold cord is not Not easily easily broken. broken. And so, so, so that's the thing is that when we come together and bring our strengths and weaknesses, see, you know, as humans, a lot of times, especially men, uh, when we see a weakness in another man, our flesh wants to repel that. But it ought to draw us near with our strength. It's like with our children, when we see a weakness in our children, it doesn't repel us. We, we, we come alongside. We want to, you know, minister strength and, and bring, you know, encouragement and, and bring a hope and identity yes. to that. Um, so it should be with one another. When we see a weakness, we ought to be bringing our strengths to one another. And that's where the church becomes that juggernaut, that unstoppable yes. machine. Yes. When we are working together and those gears are lubricated and we're meshing, you know, yeah. really in bringing about the works of God to glorify his name. I have mentioned before that when I came out of the Lutheran church and joined the mega church, I found that much of the body wasn't very deep in the word. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean um, that there weren't quite a few who are very deep in the word and in some things that I was not aware of. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot mm-hmm. and I had to say Pastor Burnell and other pastors I've met since then, they really did a great job of instilling the word in their people. What I am saying, though, is that we, um, as a body of Christ, we cannot be ignorant of those scriptures. When you talk about meat and the milk, you know, uh, <laughs> even when you look at that passage, there's some things in there that you that most people don't have an idea. What about Laying, the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. How often do you see that or hear that mm-hmm. in the, or, or truly show that somebody understands what that is? Yet that's one of the rudimentary things that's referred that's to. That's what as, it is. Yeah. So what I'm saying, and I believe what we're saying here is when we are in unity, we are forced to know more about God, to search him deeper, to, um, as one prophet wrote, to never cease to make mention of God. Mm-hmm. So, brother, what did you learn about the Lord today? What's God been doing in your life? This is how we spur each other's each other on. He yeah. who says to to good love works. and good works. Yeah. yeah, we just we continue to push and pull and prod and grow together. Wow, and that demonstrates that. So maybe I'm repeating myself here, but it's so powerful when the body of Christ understands. Um, that the all the aspects of unity, um, it is specifically designed to speak toward our uniqueness and our diversity in the body of Christ, not our sameness, not our mm-hmm. uniformity. And this is what glorifies God, just as the rainbow over God's throne Come on. shows his uniqueness. That That's a covenant rainbow, but it's also the diversity of colors that we see in God. He's the all in all and everything that exists is in him. And the expression of God is incredibly diverse. It's the creative diversity of God that we display. And that's why 
That's why God made me the color I am and gave me the background. It's to reflect his glory. Come on. The same as yours. And this is what, that's the key. That's why Jesus says it's got to be love at the center of that. That's the bond of perfection. That's what brings you together. If you love each other, then you're going to look at your black brother, your brown brother, your white sister, or whatever it is, and you're going to see Jesus reflected in that person. It's the mortar that holds the bricks together. It's the ge- it's the it's the oil in the gears, the grease in the gears. Yes. You know, it's 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 all of that uh, that holds us. That love is the bond of perfection. And as you talk about how we grow when we gather together and and, and bring each other's strengths to each other's weaknesses. You know, it just shows that's one of the many reasons why it's so important to gather together the more often. Yes. You know, we, we do need to gather and we need to move forward. You know, I think it would be important to kind of stir it up a little bit, you know, for our listeners to to know that we're going to be talking about unity. But, you know, we can also let, let's not be afraid to put some things on the table. We can talk yes. about wokeism. Let's talk about racial reconciliation. Um, let's talk about, you know, uh, um, you know, how that there's uh, a, a division in the in the culture. Uh, and it's being fostered in the culture. Um, and, and, and even I think it would be good to talk about why we have brothers and sisters that love Jesus, that love the Bible, believe the Bible, and they're Democrats. Okay? Yes, yes. Uh, they're Republicans, you know, yes. and not everything Republicans do are, are, are right either. Yes. Um, and so let's, let's, let's look at that a little bit because I think it would be helpful for listeners to kind of uh, help, hopefully understand so that we can love better. But, you know, yes. but going into that, I thought we'd just glance at a couple of these scriptures uh, regarding uh, how we're to work together side by side, just as you were talking about yes. together in Philippians one twenty seven, he says, only let your manner uh, of life be worthy of the gospel so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. There's our unity, yes. right? With yes. one mind, yes, striving side by side for the faith, faith for well, the faith of the gospel. Yes. Yes. You yeah. know, and that's right. Exactly what you were just saying, Pastor. Yeah. You know, um, you mentioned the word woke. Yes. Um, every uh, week, our family spread out all over the United States. Uh, some of us gather together for prayer. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's a Christian who's on that, but it's the tradition of our family. And we intercede for each other, for the needs in our family, sometimes for the nation and community. And um, my 80, one of my, the youngest of our aunts, my aunt is 86, I think. Mm -hmm. And she and the oldest cousin of my generation were talking about something. And they were a little bit of debate involved and had to do with race. And it wasn't specifically Afrocentric until they said this. Um, And they were kind of not at loggerheads, but there was some, you know, friendly bantering here. And then before they hung up, and I'm just listening to all this on Zoom, right? And she says, Aunt says, whatever you do, stay woke. And my cousin said, yeah, we need to stay woke. Mm-hmm. Now, this is recently. I, I know what woke means to evangelicals, conservatives, Republicans, white folks. Mm-hmm. I get it. Woke is a pejorative nowadays. Listen to that woke thing. Disney's gone woke, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it refers to the, the uh, uh, it encapsulates the, the humanistic philosophies of this world. And leftist. Leftist ideology. Mark, sometimes Marxist 
That's right. And that whole thing. Tear yeah. down to build a new structure of society. And it's negative yeah. to us. Right. That's the thing. Right. Right. But the looking at that word, what it means to African-Americans, and this is the actually this is the origins of that slang term. Yeah. woke. It means be aware that racism exists yeah. and there are systems in place that are contrary to the health and life of people of color and the underclass in America. That's all it means. Thank you for just jumping right in there, brother, because <laughs> this is an important conversation because, yes. because I have, I would agree with that statement. Uh, oh, you just gave, okay. That yeah. there is racism and there are systems in place, but the question is to the degree Right. And how far have we come? And then how do we address it? How do we resolve this and bring about a more perfect union? This is the question. Yes, it so, is. So what's happened is the left with this idea of wanting to tear down the Judeo-Christian foundations of our nation is using race. as It used to be more economic. It was the working class against the bourgeoisie. Okay. To, to, to the, the ruling class, the rich. It was the it was the poor against the rich. Let's let's rise up and tear down the societal structures so we can establish a uh, a communistic or socialistic system that then uh, basically takes away freedoms and ends up putting power we see into uh, the hands of a few rather than the democratic republic that we have here today in America, which is. Uh, I believe the best system that man's come up with so far to enable and empower the most diverse group of human beings in the history of the world with the greatest dispersion of wealth. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not all equal. And there is still some disparaging, disparaging numbers with regards to or, or situations of people's lives where they're not getting the same opportunities as others, blacks specifically versus whites or Hispanics in certain pockets. In certain areas of the country, there really is such a diversity. I think that a lot of it goes away. But there still is some problems today. Don't, don't get me wrong. So th- that's the question, though. How do we resolve this? Is it by fomenting and over-exaggerating? And we don't want to minimize either. Don't want to minimize it. But we don't want to also over-exaggerate the problem. You know, I'm going to push back. Yeah, please. Because the... This is what we have to understand is the nature of evil and the depravity of man. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an aspect of that doesn't matter. I think of a Stevie Wonder song, Mm -hmm. uh, one of his records. He says, you might have the cash, but you can't cash in your face. We don't want your kind living in here. Mm -hmm. And we understand what that means. I can have all the money in the world. I can be one of the famous, most talented black men in America. Mm -hmm. But some people are taught that because of the color of my skin, the size of my lips, the uh, the background I have going back four generations and there was a slave, that I am less than they are. That is a pervasive thought among many people. Is it is it celebrated publicly? No. Uh, it's, and this is, I think, one of your key points. I totally agree we always have to look at where is the, the glass half full? What progress have we made? We made tremendous progress because it's important 
that kids grow up seeing their reflection on TV or in, in books or in the in the classroom as a teacher or whatever, and we have our own heroes of color. You and I, and I'm of the age where I bridged that gap, man. I remember growing up, very few black people in positions of authority and power outside maybe the church, the basketball court, and various things like that. But there are a lot of people, getting back to this point, who, and this is satanic, but they believe that they are superior because of the color of their skin. And the brighter they go, so the blonder your hair, the bluer your eyes, the Aryan thing, they're better. They're, they're, uh, and there are scientists who have put forth those philosophies, put them in books. There are preachers who have preached that from pulpits. This is false teaching. This is a deception of the devil. God clearly says that every tribe, every nation, every people group is from one man. He made one blood. That's what we are. And God determined our times and habitations. Acts mm-hmm. chapter 17, right? Yep. So for the Christian biblical worldview, yeah. that runs clearly in the face of it. However, we see that has permeated um, our culture and many cultures over the years. It's making one group of people inferior so that they can be enslaved, okay. they can be oppressed, etc. Now, now this is the key: is that you know it's it's the heart is deceitful above above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know, who can it? know it? All right, so it is the depravity of man. It's not the depravity of white man. That's right. It's not the depravity of black man. It's not the depravity of Hispanics. In it's the sin. depravity of man. Yeah. And here's the here's the point. I want you to respond to this because I really appreciate your heart and I appreciate you bringing this right to the fore. There are blacks that look down on Hispanics. That's right. There are Hispanics. I'm, I just, I know this. I, I'm, I've, I know this. People, Hispanics, family there are Hispanics that look sure. down on blacks. Yeah. 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 There are absolutely. whites that look down on uh, Now, so it's a human condition. Yes. So everything that you said about the shape of your lips and the color of your skin applies to blacks with regards to Hispanics, Asians. Yes. I saw this in L.A. with regards to Asians in in. So, yes. so look at the so, anti-Asian hatred, uh, the attack it's, it's over a, the last couple of years. It's a human condition. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, here to your point, though, the the, the white uh, male, especially, but whites yes. have had the hegemony regarding uh, finance, political power, and cultural yes. influence. So, so because of that, because of that, there is a specific level of racism and oppression that has been foisted upon the black culture that needs to be acknowledged, all right? It needs to be uh, eradicated. It needs to be repented of, and we need to move forward towards that more perfect union. Yes. I just want to suggest to you, though, that if it was Asians or Hispanics or blacks that had the hegemony, I I want to suggest to you that that it 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 would be on par. Well... If and that's, not that's worse whole in point. some cases, and if not yeah. worse, well, because of the Judeo-Christian at least influences that are not. I'm not saying that our country was 100% Judeo-Christian, yeah. but it was largely influenced by by Judeo-Christian. There's also other influences, but but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you a quick little yeah. funny story. Yeah. So uh, a whole bunch of years ago, 
I was a single guy when on my first mission trip, and I went to Zimbabwe, Africa. This was eight years after Zimbabwe had abandoned apartheid. Amazing, yeah. And now it had black rule. And so the theme of that country at that time was reconciliation, no longer warfare, after many years, decades of warfare. Mm-hmm. Now it was a nation at peace. We were dropped there. I was a drummer in a uh, Christian band, and we were doing missionary work. So mm-hmm. I'm wide, my eyes are wide open. Just an amazing time in my life. Each one of us stayed at a different home. I stayed in the home of a white family mm-hmm. who, despite the change in government and culture or society, they decided not to leave to South Africa or back to the U.K. in Europe. They decided to stay. And, uh, and so I was staying in this home. They had a nice little, it was a nice home, had a swimming pool and this and that. But I noticed that the, the lady of the house, um, she would always say, uh, when uh, Cyprian gets back, this is going to be taken care of. And, this, and the house was kind of messy. I said, and then I, I realized that Cyprian was their servant. And Cyprian was away with his family for a little vacation. He lived in the garage, in their garage, mm-hmm. and he took care of their needs. So after a couple of weeks, Cyprian came back, right? So I'm meeting him for the first time. I'm thinking in my American head, oh, these white folks, man, they just, it's slavery. They're still this and that. And I'm thinking, and I'm kind of a little arrogant about it, you know, but I'm a nice guy, so I'm mm-hmm. not calling them out. But I'm thinking in my heart, okay, here's more white suppression, et cetera, et cetera, right here in Africa. But I tell you what, <laughs> Cyprian came back, and I came back from, uh, we were ministering every day. I got up in the morning. Food was on the table. I came back. My clothes were washed. My shoes were under the bed. Everything was in order. Cyprian had put it there. It took me about two days to get used to Cyprian, my servant, the house servant. <laughs> and what I, I tell that story because the when you have a person taking care of your needs, cooking your meals, taking care of your uh, resources, plowing your fields, that, or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to give up. And how much does a human being, I don't care who it is, a black American like me, a white American like you, uh, uh, Asian from China or wherever, whatever you're talking about, when they have a position of strength, when they have something that, enhances their life, makes life easier. To what ends do you go to keep that that structure in place? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I saw the riots. I, wa- I marched in, uh, in the 60s. My family marched along with everything. Our city had riots. Like every city was burning every summer. All that kind of stuff I went through as a kid. But you find out that what we face, black people in America, Irish in America, the uh, Native American Indian, the coolies, as they were called, Mm -hmm. the Asians coming and building the railroads, we all endured some type of oppression from other people because that is, as you say, the human condition. It is a human condition. And just to, to use this example, in Zimbabwe, you know, uh, since apartheid's been done away with, thousands of white farmers were forced from their farms, sometimes right. violently, between 2000 and 2001, under a government program of land reform. So it's the human condition. That's, that's I think, it's got to be recognized. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, you know, whites don't have the corner on the market. I've experienced racism. 
I've experienced racism. I've traveled the world. I was just in Turkey, and oh. I, I was I was uh, I was abused physically by the medical system over there. Um, and and it's because I'm an American. Yeah, you know, you know, and so it's so, not even the color of your skin. It's it the was, fact. It's it, your nationality, national ethnos. Uh, yeah. So you know, so so yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, even within you know, uh, tribes in Africa, same color skin. That's right. Fighting for centuries. Yeah. And slavery, the history of slavery in Africa is 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 horrendous yes. like it is in America. Yeah. OK. Horrendous. It is horrendous. I mean, so yes. so there, it's a very complicated thing. But I remember there's a young man who, who I love dearly that I meet with and we go over the scriptures together. And um, and uh, he was talking about, you know, the history of slavery in America. And and, uh, you know, we were discussing that. And I, I asked him, are you aware of the fact that the country he was from in, in South America, Brazil had far more, I mean, I forget the percentage. It's a huge, well over twice as many. I think it's like five to 10 times more slaves from Africa went to Brazil than to the United States. And he was not aware of that because he's in, I'll use the term woke, you know, culture, yeah. education. It's yeah. about America was founded on slavery, right. you know, the 1617 project and all of that. Um, and so I think that it's about what's the remedy, you know, is it again, and I don't have it figured out, my brother. I don't have it figured out. I I do. Um, (laughs) yeah, well, go ahead. No, I'm just, but as far as far as how much to emphasize, do we, are we overemphasizing it or are we underemphasizing? I think sometimes that's very hard to know, you know, where, where, where we're supposed to be on that. The, The thing is that we have to, and this is where, again, the biblical worldview is the worldview that yes, explains that is this. The answer. Because as you've already pointed out, all mankind is sinful. In sin did my mother conceive me, David yes. wrote. Was that just for Jews? No. no. It's for all mankind. Yep. And so we see that. What's great about America, well, in a more mac- macro level here, mm-hmm. it's the truth that sets us free, the truth yes. that we know. Yes. And so what we, Hallelujah. what's happened in America is, um, and this is what happens when um, Marxists or whatever begin to take over a society. They stop the proclamation of the truth mm-hmm. and of the facts. And they begin, they begin to control the media mm-hmm. and the pulpits and those types of things. Hitler did that, too. And this is the key um, that we're watching in America. As long as we have the freedom of expression, the freedom of speech, then the truth can be can be seen and heard. Along with that, though, there's plenty of lies, which is why the believer, the Christian, needs to know the pillars, the precepts of the faith, understanding that God sent his son into the world because the world, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What does that mean? It means the world is already judged, already condemned, already we're going to hell, mm-hmm. and it's by the grace of God. Because so if that's the truth, if that is the truth, then we follow that truth. God, what is the truth about our existence? What is the truth about every nation? What's the truth about the color of my skin versus the color of his skin? And we'll see that those who are enlightened by the Holy Spirit and by the Word Brother. of God are the ones who liberate. The ones who console, who comfort, Hello. the ones who bring peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. We're going to inherit this earth. That's that's the answer, and that's why the church has to recognize that above being Republican, Democrat, Hello. anything, or even American, 
We are the prophetic voice to the nations. We are the, the kingdom of, of God. We're citizens We're of a kingdom. higher kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. That's right. The freedom that we have in Christ is a freedom that no government gave us. It's a freedom that no government can take away. Right. And if any man be in Christ, he's become a new creation. A new creation. You know, we yeah. are new together. We make yeah. up the body of Christ. And as we hear our Lord's prayer there in John 17, his high priestly prayer. Yeah. You know, when Jesus prays, I think he gets his prayers answered. <laughs> yes, he does. You know, when he prays, yes. I, I bet God, the Father, yes. answers them. And he says that they would be one as you and I are one, yes. that they may be made perfect in unity. And that's what we have in Christ, brother. And what you're saying, this is really important, to contrast the kingdom of God with the kingdom of men. Yes, yes. And, you know, this is the, the you know, you can look at the the Old Testament kings, and they can be a good king, but they're building their own kingdom. So, you know, they're dealing with their own egos, their Saul, own legacy, et cetera. Manessa, all these different yeah. kings. Yeah. Even, you know, one, I always think about why did Josiah die? He was the man after God's own heart, but he died in battle at a young age. And, and certain other ones, it's like they had to deal with their egos, with their power, with their wealth. Solomon's probably the greatest example. You know, it's like we are so weak as human beings. Mm. This is why, you know, the, not to go off on a tangent, but the indwelling Holy Spirit that strengthens us against even the temptations and the lusts of the flesh yes. and continues to inform us. You know, Solomon didn't have the Holy Spirit right. in him. The Holy Spirit would come upon him, but not inside of yeah, him. That's and so, right. You know, I'm hesitant to be too critical of the brother. <laughs> but, you know, we do have that guiding light, the Holy Spirit in our lives that humbles us and keeps us aware of God's grace and gives us peace and all those things. And we have to trust that um, in this great nation, and I want to make it very clear, if patriot is a bad word to some, I still proudly say that's what I am. Good I'm an American. You. Good for you. I know because of the scripture, though. It's not because I can tout, and I have been. I was, I was on the other side of the Iron Curtain back in the 70s. I, I was in the DMZ in, in uh, Korea. You served our country in well, the military. I, 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 was, uh, I worked for the USO. I traveled around the world mm. entertaining troops. Yeah. And I saw during that era, I saw the difference that— the United States makes in the world. You and Marilyn We're, Monroe traveling around entertaining. <laughs> and, and Bob Hope. <laughs> but, you know, without America, this na this world would be a worse mess than it is. That's we right. have been a hedge against evil, against communism, humanism, Islam, mm -hmm. and various things that would conquer, whose, whose uh, devices are meant to conquer the world and bring it under oppression. Yes. America has stood in the gap. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't buy all this anti-American garbage. I don't buy it. Right. Because I know that we have been used by God for good. Yes. On the other hand, because of the flaws of man that we've already enumerated. Yes. We always, the blessing we have are checks and balances within our system because we understand about the total depravity of men. Yes. Those who constructed our constitution understood he said absolute power corrupts absolutely yes they had a judeo-christian protestant ethic with regards that's to the right. depravity of man that's right and that is why 
along those same lines, why I don't buy into this, we were a slave nation and this and that. No, America was birthed in a time when slavery was the greatest economic force in the world. And and so we were born during that time. But in, within our system, something was said is that every man has the right to pursue God. And so right from the beginning, there were abolitionists who were largely Christian and of a Christian ethic mm-hmm. versus those who had been su- seduced by the slave system. And that led to a civil war, something no other nation really had that size of a battle over. But America did because of that deeply rooted thought that all men are created equal. There you go. There you go. So that is our heritage. Not Our heritage is one of liberty and freedom, not one of oppression that's why we're not known as a nation that goes in and takes over Europe. Right. We liberated Europe, right? Japan. Japan. Japan is, man, I went to Japan in the 70s. This was uh, 25 years after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Man, I was in Hiroshima. Man, that city was so built up, so grown up. Tokyo, to me, in those days, it looked like something out of a science fiction movie. Yet it had been almost bombed into non-existence during during World War II. Who rebuilt it? We didn't go in there and turn them into Americans. We went in there and helped them restore their culture without being the aggressor to their region and the world as they had been under their uh, imperialism. I think of Edward Deming that many people don't know about, but he was the one that went over there and really brought the whole process improvement uh, to to industry and, and help build the automotive industry. And he was mm. used by the big three. It's an amazing piece of history, Edward Deming. But, yeah. um, you know, and the thing is, that, but you're right, though. We do have the answer. We have the remedy, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's That's the right. person and work of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, in Jude 1, 3, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Yes. which was once delivered to the saints. And, yes. and so that's what we, uh, as brothers and sisters, recognizing the intrinsic value in Christ, you know, as creations of God and new creations on top of that, that we truly uh, must, you know, walk in respect and honor. Uh, in Philippians, you know, 2, it says, uh, let every brother seek his brother's wealth, you know, and consider his brother of worthy of more honor. Yes than himself. Yes. And when that's that's what we have. And we need to demonstrate that yes. by contending together as one for the faith that was once delivered. And, you know, before we move on, we always give an opportunity for those who don't know Jesus, who are maybe driving down Highway 41. They're cleaning out their garage right now. They got their radio on. They, got, they, they are caught up in addiction or they have a financial troubles or broken relationships or they're really depressed, some people. And there might even be somebody right now, Jimmy, that's listening that's suicidal, that really yes. does not have hope. And we're saying, you know, just hold on a minute. There's hope. Would you offer, could you give a, just a quick offer of, of the free gift of salvation yes. and faith? You know, what we're talking about is our relationship with God's salvation, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation has a name. The name is Jesus. Mm. And the answer that you may be looking for, my friend, is found in the God that is knocking on the door of your heart. The God I believe you believe in, but you may not know. And God has given you the opportunity 
to know him through his son, Jesus. There is salvation in no other person, no other name. It's the name that unlocks the key to eternal life and for hope today and even for joy and peace. That's right. And these are the things that God gives in abundance. And, you know, you're not the only one, my friend, who is lacking peace. There are many people who are in dire situations like one we were talking about a little while ago who is going to die. They know they're going to die because they're in the hospital. The doctor says you only have hours or days or whatever to live. Yet they have a peace that surpasses all understanding because of Jesus. So I'm going to pray for those who are listening right now that God would grant you his peace in the name of his son. And if you just say, Jesus, I believe what this preacher man is saying, what these guys on the radio are saying, that Jesus is the way to peace. Mm. Jesus is the way of salvation. Jesus is the way to hope. Jesus is the way to life. Jesus knows the way out. He's the wonderful way maker. So Jesus, please come into my heart. I believe that you are the son of God and that you died on the cross for my sins because I am a sinner. And I believe Jesus, that God raised you from the dead on the third day and that you are the soon coming king. And I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to give you all my problems, all my issues, all my anxieties, all my fears. Jesus, please take them. And I call you Lord now and forever. And if you pray a prayer like that, if you speak to God that you don't see, but you can feel in your heart like that, God says you will be born again and your issues will take on a different hue because now what was a mountain in your life becomes a molehill. Oh, amen and amen. And yes, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So as you have received and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, just know that you're fully received and loved and that you are a citizen of the kingdom and find a good Bible church to go to where you can get discipled, raised up, nurtured by God's milk of his word and his meat as you grow in faith and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and and so, yes, we have such an opportunity right now, uh, Pastor Jimmy, to really... Uh, contrast the world with the division. I mean, there's division everywhere. There's yes. division we see, you know, um, between God and man, first of all, that's the, that's the big problem, yes. right? Yes. There's division between nations. Yes. There's gender division. Oh yes. And the genders are being confused. The enemy, yes. the liar himself is bringing deception and, and, and division there. There's generational division. You know, yes. we talk about the generation gap, well, that's on steroids right now. Yes, we, yes, you know, back is. in the '60s, you know, don't trust anybody over, over thirty. thirty. Yeah. You know, now it's like, don't, don't, don't trust anybody. You know, I don't. Or know. don't trust anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. And and so, um, you know, and there's 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 obviously division in race as well as we were yeah. talking about. There's there's political division and and there's division in denominations yeah. in the body. And this is what breaks the Lord's heart. It breaks our heart. Yeah. as brothers, is division in the body. And there's been a strong unity movement here in Fresno. I remember coming to Promise Keepers here from the Bay Area back in the 90s to People's Church. You know, and and uh uh GL Johnson. Yes. Uh, yes. And John Maxwell came and spoke after the Promise Keepers event oh, wow. at yeah. People's Church. But but uh, I know that GL uh he's part of the uh, the pastors uh group, you know, that, that we pray with and so That's on right. here. Pastors but he was prayer. part of the yeah. foundation 20 years ago. Yes. And and uh but the promise keepers uh, and such, 
there's really been a, a strong unity movement here, but the enemy keeps wanting to come in and, and bring division. Um, how can we facilitate uh, the, and demonstrate the racial reconciliation, the gender reconciliation, economic res- reconciliation, um, and so on, and the, and the reconciliation between God and man through Christ? How can we demonstrate that in a more robust way here in Fresno? Well, you know, we have some things in place that are exciting. For instance, as you know, next month we have our maybe eighth or ninth annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, Excellent. That the church engages in. Yes. So that begins on, I believe, January 9th or 8th. Um, and um, in the past, we've had almost 200 churches involved, their members involved in praying and fasting. Uh, for our community and our nation for 21 days. Wonderful. And however you fast, and I teach a lot about fasting, however you do it, you do it to the glory of God and in harmony with your brothers and sisters from the other churches, mm-hmm. whatever their denomination or ethnicity or whatever. That's a powerful thing. And It is. And uh, for whoever's listening, if you don't know more about that, you ask your pastor or a nearby church if they're involved in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, because it's a powerful move. And there's actually worship nights that are rotating from church to church, so you can really right. cross-pollinate That's right. and have that healthy interaction with other expressions of the kingdom of God. Yes. Now, the other thing that's so important, and I'm going to speak as a pastor in a prophetic voice, do we understand the urgency of the time? Listen, for those who have ears to hear, God spoke to me recently in my time of prayer because I have to pray and prepare for whatever God wants me to speak to my congregation. And the Lord said to me, tell everybody that you talk to, you don't have much more time. Wow. And what that means for you, Dennis, or for the listener may be different than what it means for me. But the Holy Spirit wants you to understand you don't have much more time. So what that does speak to all of us is urgency. Look around. What what does the United States have that no other nation seems to have to the degree we have? It's unity. Our greatest gift is unity, the United mm. States. If you look at our history, it was about these colonials coming together, mm-hmm. colonists coming together. It was about these these states coming and agreeing together and growing to the 50 states we have today agreeing on some principles that allow us to be united. We recognize it's a gift of God. America, America, you know, God shed his grace upon thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. We thank you, God, for it. Now, we have been removing God from from our nation, schools, courts, government, Mm -hmm. entertainment, you just go on, and on businesses, We've been doing that systematically now for three generations at least. Now, what's happened? When God is kicked out, the blessing of unity is removed. And the effect of a lack of unity in our nation is what we're talking about. Yeah. Fatherlessness, no unity in the family. Um, the, the infighting, the, the, the celebration of perversion, the death of the unborn. The fights over all these things. We're the most divided time we've ever seen, maybe since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And we're and even in the 60s, there was a certain level of agreement on more things then than we That's have right. now. It's actually right? greater division now, I think. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. 
because now it's the world view of great difference. So anyway, I think number uh, one is that we need to understand the urgency of the times and then get back to what we talked about in the very beginning is that the church is the key Mm -hmm. to the revival that's necessary in the United States because without revival, our nation, friends, is in a death cycle. I mean, you don't have to talk to religious people like myself or, or theologians. You can talk to social scientists, psychologists, social workers, et cetera, et cetera, historians. America is, is it's falling apart. It's decaying. What Ronald Reagan said, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we are one nation gone under. Gone under. That's a good one. You know, he made a lot of good ones and he was a visionary too. And throughout the nation's history, we've had prophetic voices and visionaries speak. But now there's so many shrill, uneducated, uninspired voices, loud voices, unloving. Right. That's the pictures of the times. And this is why the church is the key. There is no other key because we know the name of Jesus. We know that it's God's blessing that made us the greatest nation in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. We know that that without the gospel being preached and proclaimed mm-hmm. through American airwaves and through our inventions and through our 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 great works, we're the only ones who can discern truth from lies in the information age. You know, do you realize that most information goes through Silicon Valley up north yeah. there? Yeah. And it's filtered full of lies there. It's sprinkled with lies. We have to lies. be able to discern between good Who and evil. Who can discern but the church? Well, that's the thing. And this is what yeah. we just started out the program. As we wrap up here today, Pastor, this has gone so fast. Yes. Pastor Jimmy Foote, um, we're just so blessed to have you on Kingdom Talk that, that we need to, to, to really recognize that it's through the strong meat, those who have trained their senses to discern between good and evil. Yes, And that's yes. why it's so important to be in God's word, to be in prayer, to be gathering together you know, in the church of Jesus Christ, uh, who is the hope uh, of our world, Jesus Christ, our hope. And we know that that unity, it comes from heaven. You know, in Psalm 133, behold, how, how good, good and, pleasant. and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, even to the hem of his garment. Yes. It's like the dew from Mount, on Mount Zion, on the mountains round about Israel. For there the Lord commands a blessing, yes. even life Forever. forevermore. It's interesting that three times it's descending. Yes. So it's showing the unity. It says the precious ointment yes. upon the head that ran down upon the beard. It went down to the skirts of his garment. It's the dew that descends yes. upon Mount Hermon. And the mountains around Israel. So we understand that God is our hope and that unity that we have, that we can demonstrate as Christ prayed that we would be one. It's going to bring about that healing and it's going to really show the world that we truly are one in Christ, that we do love one another yes. and we value one another yes. and that yes. we are. Uh, and we're submitted to one another. There you go. Yes. We defer to one another. That's the sign. How can he be carrying that guy's books? How can he spend that time here. How can they give to that? They're a different color. They're a different language. Yes. That's the sign of Christ. And it brings joy. Yes. It brings joy to know that we truly are in Christ, that we love one another and we're bringing forth the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ right here in Fresno on Kingdom Talk every Saturday from 12 to 1. 
Thank you again, Pastor Jimmy Foote. We're so blessed uh, to have you here, and we're just glad for all that God's doing. Let's go forth in faith and power. Let's proclaim the good news of the gospel of kingdom God. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Take care.